Good morning, good morning. You are listening to Stay in the Loop with Lucy on a Sunday morning. Welcome. This is a show that covers health and well-being through connection to people, people in our community and people beyond who share with us their experiences, their choices and consequences, and regardless of age, their innate wisdom. By discerning and getting a sense of what is transferable from what these guests share, we can choose to apply the relevant aspects in our lives and in our community and develop programs that found a more sustainable, loving and heartfelt way to be with each other, thereby improving our physical and our mental health. This week's show on Stay in the Loop with Lucy is split into two parts. The first part is an interview with a local woman, Vicky O'Leary from Clear Minded for Life and her gorgeous daughter, Ashley, who has come along as an observer this morning. Good morning, you two. Good morning. And the second part of the show, I will be sharing about Sleep in Your Car, the Sleep in Your Car fundraiser that Fusion hosted on Friday night and that um, I had a, uh, that I participated in. But more of that later. Let's jump right in and start by asking Vicky what Clear Minded for Life is all about. Well, good morning. Clear Minded for Life is a program that we run in primary schools, teaching children breathing techniques and skills for self-regulation and understanding how they can cope with the various stresses in their lives, if they have any. It's about um, giving children skills and a toolkit of things that they can apply at school and at home to help be calm in any situation. So you mentioned that you're working with primary school age children. What made you go for that age group? Well, it started really when I had young children and in primary school and I just led through into that space with them. And I find that by teaching children from preschool all the way up to year six, we're giving them an opportunity to understand these skills at a young age so that it becomes a normal part of their life. Ah, stunning. I think that that normal part of their life is a good is a is the most important bit, isn't it? That it isn't something special that they do. It just becomes part and parcel of their day to day. Absolutely. And and by teaching all the children across a whole school, it means that nobody feels this is unusual. This is just what we do and this sense of calm in a classroom and then when the whole school embraces it, it uh, changes the community and the environment. How many um, children in a group at a time? We go from class to class. So we would start in in a normal classroom. So there's between 25 and 30 children in that classroom and we're we're there for 15 minutes and then we'd move on to the next classroom. So in a day, we pretty much can see the whole school. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, And do you work, are there two of you that are doing it? How many in your team that go from room to room? Well, I actually have a team of people around Australia. So there's about 60 different teachers around Australia running this. And uh, in the local area, I have about five different teachers who we can call upon depending on the size of the school as to whether we need more than one teacher there at a time. Hmm. Okay, and because very often you've got that uh, that number that's usually able to, and I'm going to use this word purposefully, wrangle the kids, um, I can imagine that if not at the start, by the end, you actually, everyone is engaged and wanting to do this. The, the children absolutely love it. They... They enjoy it so much and because the person, the Clear Minded for Life teacher is 
trained in their own meditation skills or their own self-development. They come in with a presence and a beingness that holds a space for the children that it just instills calm by the nature of who they are and how they sit and, and, and the way that they speak and they're holding respect for every child no matter how they're presenting on that day. So no child is ostracised or treated differently. If they're having a bad day, we just hold them in a space of love and kindness for those 15 minutes that we're there. And that's quite a, a statement for a lot of children because a lot of children have issues that that are continually coming up for them and for us to be there for those 15 minutes and just say it's all right to be who you are and we just hold that space and teach you how to breathe and to be calm and and every student has an experience of that without doubt I've seen it time and time again. I think you've touched on something there the judgment that children feel it's not necessarily something that's spoken but it can be really felt through um, through the presence of someone's body, you know, it's just like uh, it, word, um, there's an expression that speaks louder than words, you know, that you can just feel if someone's kind of going, you're really irritating, will you please just sit down? Whereas if you have a practitioner who comes into the room and just holds the space, um, I, I, I think children will settle in that because they don't, feel the judgment they don't feel like they need to say no that's not who I am this is who I am absolutely the the space that we hold in in a sense of love and and kindness for these children it means that the child that is the one that's continually uh, picked on or is always deemed to be the naughty child even though that's not really how you want to look at them they get this relief on their face they're like oh wow I don't have to behave like that in that moment because I'm not getting any trigger response from that teacher in front of me she's just looking at me saying it's all right for you to be who you are lovely and you were saying that the teachers actually live that in their their own day-to-day as well very much so. All of the teachers of Clear Minded for Life are carefully selected because of their personal practice. They're taught the skills and the techniques, but it's about their longevity of practice that gives them that presence in that room at that moment. Because you can't go in and be um, in any state of a disarray yourself because you'll just get upset by what's being presented in front of you from those children because children like to outwardly display what they're thinking yeah especially in primary school do you know i actually find that incredibly refreshing i, I personally find it with teenagers as well I, that's who i work with and i find their um honesty refreshing if they don't want to talk to you they just don't if yeah. they think you're being an ass I so apologise if that's rude. I don't think it is, but if they, they then they, they just won't engage with you. Yeah. And if they don't think you're being genuine, they equally won't engage with you. And I think that's the thing that younger children in primary school they want to hold on to that. They want to hold on to the integrity and the the truth of of the honesty. Um, and yet, so much of life says, no, 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 you. You, you you are polite and you yes. are this and you are that and you squash what you're actually feeling, which is quite dangerous. So to have a practitioner who can walk in and demonstrate that in their day-to-day and, and by standing in front of them and, and living that from what yes. they live outside, it's, it isn't turning on and off. There's a congruency between what they're saying and what they're doing. And it's the allowing in that moment for them to be as they are and, yeah. and to give them skills. So if they're feeling um, disruptive or their body wants to move around a lot or they're, you know, they're, they're fidgeting or they're looking at their classmates and, and they, they want to keep engaging that, we just give them opportunities. Okay, now use your breath to be in this moment to be with yourself and to just continue to bring that space in for them so 
while allowing them to be who they are and not reprimanding them if they're not sitting still or if they're, you know, being so-called naughty. They're not at all. They're just being as they are in that moment. I love it. Yeah, and great. funnily enough, the song that we're going to go to now is is very much about that. Um, it is from Rachel Kane in from her In Full Bloom album and it's called How Beautiful You Are. So I suspect Wonderful. you will like this one. Wonderful. Uh, you're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and Stay in the Loop with Lucy. And when I get back, Vicky and I are going to talk about um, a little bit more about... Uh, the pressures faced by young people in school now and how, the effect that that's having on them as they grow up. Welcome back. Um, I've got Vicky O'Leary and her daughter Ashley in the studio with me. Welcome both of you. Hello. So now before the break, we were talking about uh, Clear Minded for Life, a meditation that is in primary schools and that you run all the way through the school if you can. And you can do the whole school in one day, potentially. Um, I'm really aware that, you know, we're coming to the end of the um, HSE trials at the moment. I have uh, a daughter who's just completing her, you know, her trials, just finished those. And I mentor a lot of young people who are in the same boat. And I have noticed a an enormous rise in the level of anxiety. And they're bringing that in much younger. Now, we'll go to Ashley in a second because Ashley is um, has just done her NAP plan herself. But what happens in the, what are you noticing, I should say, in the primary school age children around exams, which are now very early? I mean, they're really coming in much earlier, that testing and that, and, and that the testing matters. For the children in primary school, it is dependent on the school as to how they treat that exam period. And thankfully, a lot of schools are still managing to step back away from the stress of that but it doesn't change the fact that it impacts the children Mm. and the children that are coming into class without any skills of managing those stresses they're finding it more difficult to um, extract themselves from what the exam means when we come in with clear minded for life a lot of the teachers will offer the children those breathing techniques that we've been teaching them for those six weeks as we've been in the school and say, you know, you can practice those breathing techniques before you come to school on test day or before your test. Or So the teacher's are always present in the classroom, so they're being exposed to this breathing and the techniques that we're teaching the children as well so they can continue to integrate it within the classroom over over the course of the year so the children have managing and coping strategies that allow them to move a bit away from the pressure of the exam and it's not just the exam it's the pressure that comes in from parents and then from society and the things that are saying you know you have to do well when really it's just in a moment that they're there so that the child can actually be who they are in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. We are so much more than our education, really, aren't we? Yeah, the, well, we're rounded and we're, we're, we're everything all the time. So mm. education is a component of what we're experiencing, but it's only one part. Mm, fantastic. And an important part because, you know, I'm, I'm, a, a, I'm a public health advocate, so I know from the statistics what happens if you don't have education. I know that the health outcomes are um, markedly different, but it equally does not define us because otherwise, you know, you get to year 10 and you find that you just can't put yourself in that square um, in, in that, that square peg in a round hole anymore and and the, the lack of self-esteem and the lack of self-worth that comes from that if you've been told that 
finishing HSE is the thing. Yes. You know, heaven forbid, going to university is the thing to do. If you don't fit into that mould, you start life thinking that you're less. And yes. that's a big thing to overcome. One of the things that we offer with Clear Minded for Life, along with the breathing techniques, is, is one of the parts is that we get the children to think about one thing that makes them smile or one thing that brings them joy. It's, it's a little bit akin to positive psychology, but it's doing more than that. It's giving them an opportunity to pursue the things in their mind that, br- that bring out their joy or that bring out their dreaming space or their imagination, their creativity, and allowing that to be part of who they are. Now, if you start that through primary school and, and you say, this is all right, for you to think what you want to think and it's all right for you to have a free open mind that then continues through into high school and it means that that sense of having to fit into the conforming model doesn't always have to be quite so constricted because you've said it's actually all right to have that great mind and to have great ideas and to support those ideas even if they don't fit with what everyone else believes so we start that right in primary school we just say think about one thing that you want to think about Mm. and that's up to you and don't tell me what it is because it's all about you in this moment Mm. and as the children engage with that thought it's bringing them a sense of joy on the inside because the thought is unique to them Mm. and that and bringing that out in them is what what's just brings a shine to their face and and again it doesn't matter who they are it doesn't matter what upbringing they've had or what background or what genetics they can all have a thought that's their own Mm. i can imagine also it builds a body awareness it builds an awareness of what joy feels like in their body so that they can feel that as their potential normal compared to stress or anxiety or or um uh, shame or awkwardness or whatever whatever emotion that they're normally sitting in that you know for young children their natural expression is joy it's it's the layers that come on top of that as you try and conform to to fitting in it's very much that way and and when we're teaching the children because we're present in the classroom so it's not a recording we're sitting there in front of them we can manage the moment with the children so we would do um comparative experiences so what does your body look like if you're feeling sad like show me the shape of your body when you're sad and you hunch your shoulders over or if you're angry and then we teach them now sit up straight and take a long deep breath Mm. in and getting them that sense of the difference Mm -hmm. when my body shape changes this oh wow I feel more open and I feel more awake and alert and a freedom about me just by changing the way my body movement is going so Giving that body awareness is a very key component of Clear Minded for Life and getting children to know if I'm, I'm a bit tense around the outside, I've got a technique that I can use to manage that and that would be using my breath. Oh, the great. breath. We're going we're gonna to delve into mm. the breath a little bit more. I'm going to jump to Ashley. Ashley, you're in year nine. Yep. So have you just done a NAPLAN um, test recently in the last year or so? Yeah, in first second term yeah and has it changed so you've done a few over the years so has it changed since when since you first started doing them yeah definitely because in primary school it was just a it was a just a test because we didn't do many tests in primary school Mm. and we didn't study for anything and even in year seven when it was just like a test just to tell the government like how the schools are doing and everything and now in year nine, um, because they told us that you had to get a band aid to get in to, to do the HSC, and so we were all like studying for it. And yeah, yeah. 
What a difference, like all of a sudden having to study for something that was just a benchmark for the school, you know. what? I mean, I remember my kids being told they didn't need to study for it. And then the moment this, you know, this, this edict came down that all of a sudden you had to get a band aid, anxiety levels and tutoring. I mean, the tutors must be laughing. They must be rolling in it, you know. All of a sudden they've got all of these, you know, clients that they never thought they had because everyone's terrified of their young person not getting that Band-Aid. How easy or hard is it to get a Band-Aid? Well, I think I heard from someone that, like, only maybe... I think 70% of people didn't get a Band-Aid in one section of the of the NAPLAN. Right. Like, in year nine this year. So, wow, that's high. Yeah. And you, I just wonder how you'd feel at the end of that. And yet, you know, we're not all designed for recall. You know, as you coming back to what you were saying, Vicky, we're, we're rounded beings. Yes. You know, there's so much more to us than how quickly we can recall this or that or how quickly we can work it out. So to, I mean, I, I, I do understand that we have to make sure that everybody has the equal opportunity and therefore there's a benchmark of what is that equal opportunity in terms of your reading and your maths and your other skills. But there's something doesn't feel quite right about it. It feels quite... um, I just just feel the levels of anxiety going up when they're already struggling. Well, absolutely. And it's amazing because teachers are having to teach to such a range of learning styles every day and to understand that children don't all learn the same way. And that's, that's a lot of study around education in that space. And then you come to this testing, which is only down one narrow path that requires a certain type of thinking to be able to recall, to read the questions and understand them. Mm. And I find that that's pretty unfair. How did your friends find it, Ashley? Did, mm. did they all, did they think about it differently? Did they get a bit more worked up this time than they had before? Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of people were scared that they weren't going to do that well. But yeah, and... Uh, not everyone studied, of course. No. Yeah, but um, <laughs> just maybe the stress was higher, so maybe they might not have done as well because they were scared about not getting that band-aid. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Now, um, I work with a lot of um, teenagers, and I, I don't think many of them have had an experience of understanding that uh, your breath is important, and, and I certainly share it as part of a stress package, you know, how, how to... Um, you know, bring more awareness to what your body's feeling in an exam because as as I've shared, you know, your your memory is the last thing you need when you're in panic mode. And when you're not breathing, you're in panic mode because your body's saying, yes. Hey, might pass out soon, we'll be good to take a breath, you know, let's let's do this. Um what would it be like if you had something like this in high school where it was something that was mandatory across the, the years? You know, from year seven, you start in year seven, you slowly progress it through the school so that everyone, like no one's standing out and being the odd person. It, for Everyone's had the conversation about, you know, breathing being important and um, a, a way of um, bringing breath into your day-to-day consciousness or you're, you're considering it as a, uh, a tool, what would that look like or what would it be like? Well, I think it would be weird. Even if everyone did it, it would still be weird because no one, 
not many people would know much about it. Mm. Like, it'd take a while until it was kind of, you know, normal. Mm. But I think it'd be good because um, just the fact that everyone does it and everyone's kind of knows how to manage their stress and it'd just take the pressure off everyone during exams and everything. Mm. Have you noticed um, the classes above you, how are they all doing with their stress? What have you noticed some of the tells that there's a bit more stress around the school? Um, that, <laughs> I don't know, maybe just lots of people studying. Yeah, a lot more books out. Yeah. I noticed that people get a bit more ratty. Um, you know, there are a few more arguments around some of the areas that I go to. It's just a little bit less tolerance. Mm. I've noticed people are a lot more tired. You know, yeah. <laughs> tired yeah. eyes, a bit more yawning, a bit more sugar in action because yeah. they're trying to keep themselves awake. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's interesting when you look at the coping mechanisms, some of them are the opposite of what's going to help them, like staying up late to study makes your brain tired. So in the morning, you you haven't had the sleep that you need to have for your brain to function properly. I mean, we all know that how important that is, the the way that the brain functions. But once you add clear breathing techniques and reoxygenating the body and the brain, it can help even with that sleep deprivation state. Like it actually can help to bring more energy back into your body if you're giving it the full breath that it requires. And that's part of what we're trying to teach children is Mm. that you know these long deep breaths and how it oxygenates the body and how it gives them that sense of strength on the inside so that they have these skills for life well vicky we are going to come back to talking about the brain after the news um so stay with us everybody it's um we're talking to vicky o'leary and her daughter ashley about clear-minded for life Mm. Indeed, you are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy. I have got um, Vicky Leary in the studio with me. Hello, Vicky. Hello, everyone. And her daughter, Ashley. Hello, Ashley. Hi. Now, um, before now, we've been talking about what Clear Minded for Life is and um, what support it offers young people in schools. Let's talk about brain development at that age, like what's going on and what what's happening when the stress goes up in the brain? What we do with Clear Minded for Life is we teach the children pretty much how the neural pathways are being developed in their brain and that they actually have neural pathways and we teach them that they're like little roadmaps so that if they're learning something it's building new roadmaps and that they can actually choose whatever it is that they want to think that's building these roadmaps in their mind so that's one of the things we teach children and of course that's in um, a lot of studies in science at the moment on neurogenesis and neuroplasticity the other thing that we teach them is about parts in their brain called the amygdala so this is where the fight or flight reflex starts to kick in and we give them a simple exercise of showing them how when they're feeling upset or angry that flares up and then it uh, it stops other parts of their brain from communicating so they can't listen or recall information or have empathy or understanding and they all nod their heads and go yeah I know what that's like when I'm angry I really can't think straight and this is right from kindergarten up to year six so from a very young age they're being taught that there's parts in their brain that when they're stressed or angry or upset said it's causing a reaction on the inside that makes it very difficult for them to be rational so they're 
the way that we explain that to them is through a simple method um, for them to use their breath and to engage with their breath and feel the way that that changes after they've gone from a stressed state and their body's all tense up. So they, they're finding that contrast between my body's all tense and stressed when I use my breathing, then my brain and my body go into relaxation response, the amygdala goes into a state where it's calm and then I can think and, and communicate clearly and I can recall things. So this is a great skill for them across their whole life and of course it's great when you think about uh, stress in terms of performances or if they have a sporting event or if they have a test coming up or a presentation if they've got something that they can do that helps bring them into that state of calm so that their, <coughs> their mind is working clearly this is a wonderful thing mm. so that's how we teach them that about their brain we just make it in simple terms that are easy to understand and we offer parent community sessions so that the parents get exposure to that knowledge as well i think that's crucial isn't it that whole community support so that you're not just working with the children, you are working with the parents and teachers so that if they choose to, they can keep that um, that way of thinking and that importance and that understanding about what's going on in the brain going. Absolutely. So it, when we engage with the whole school, uh, all of the teachers, of course, are in the classes, so they're receiving the techniques and they can use them at home as well and then they can teach their children if they have children and then we have parent sessions where the parents can then start to talk about the different breathing that we do we do a shrug breath and a ribbon breath and we make them quite interesting for children so that they can remember them easily in whatever situation because of course when you're upset it's not always easy to remember to use something to calm you down because you're in that state of emotion but because we made this kind of fun the children oh yeah that's right I could do a ribbon breath that's nice to do and they know it makes them feel good so they go away and do that I've had countless children tell me I walked away from a situation at home I went somewhere else and I did a ribbon breath and I felt better so um, this is the testimonials we're getting back from the children and the point you've made there is very important because um, in general um, uh, change behavior we often talk about it, it's very hard to change a behavior when your environment doesn't change because you learn you, you, you set out with this best intention but then when your environment doesn't change you get sucked back into old ways but this is actually giving um, young people the opportunity to be the change that they want to see in their lives isn't it? It definitely is everything that Clear Minded for Life is about is about empowering children irrespective of their background genetics and life experiences so it's empowering them from the inside and we say to them that because it's all about you you can use this at any time and we repeat the techniques so that they remember them we offer them opportunities to choose a technique that they like or one that they remember so that they're practicing that one that appeals to them because it's based on um, different forms of learning so some of it's kinesthetic some of it's with sound some of it's with breathing so we've done a whole lot of different techniques so that it's appealing to different types of learning and, and the way that their minds are working so they can find one that they go I really like that one I remember it it's easy for me it makes me feel great and then they're empowered to use that at home it's that's what it's all about because we can't always change that environment and we know that but we can change what's on the inside Ashley, I might bring you in here. One of the um, things that I often find is that the way I'm sitting, how I'm feeling, uh, very often come 
the way I'm thinking can, can come from how I'm sitting. So when I slouch, I can have quite negative thoughts. I can be quite difficult. Um, I can be kind of a giving up, you know, it's like whatever, you know, really can't be bothered. But when I'm sitting up a little bit more, it's like it clears my thoughts a little bit and I have an opportunity to do to think in a slightly different way sometimes it's quite if you're in a really bad place like in a really bad mood it's sometimes really difficult to go yes I'm going to do a meditation but sometimes if you can move your body if you can um, you know lie down or sit up or go for a walk for two minutes and do your breath as you move there's something a little bit less um, prescriptive about it that it becomes yours and you can make it as you want does that would that be more appealing to a teenager or to a to a young adult as opposed to um you being told that you have to do it a particular way yeah definitely being able to choose it's much better like i don't like being told what to do you know so if you could just like make that choice um as to what you want to do then it's good yeah and do you find i mean it's really difficult for me to put you on the spot and and say this to you because you know you you're not in the position where you're slouching because you're sitting up straight but if you if you were if you can remember back to when you do slouch can you in fact why don't you do now well we'll do you a a live (laughs) experiment on air this really isn't very good radio but we'll make it into good radio okay so really slouch like you know yeah and and your your neck needs to collapse into your thing right okay yeah okay so is it harder to think at this point um well in a way kind of i feel more concentrated when i'm sitting up straight yeah yeah like more engaged yeah like I'm part of it, but if I'm just like, I kind of feels like I'm sleeping, you know, if you um, slouch. Yeah, 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 like you're cutting off some of the blood supply or, yeah. Yeah. I I just feel like we've got this pool of thoughts that are above our head and kind of we we can be discerning about where they're coming from, but, but part of our body position and our movement discerns kind of where those thoughts are most likely to come from. And the slouching, it makes me laugh because every time I get negative, I go, hmm, how am I sitting? Like, what's my body? And the moment I move my body, something shifts and I'm able to contemplate a breath or a, a different way of thinking. So yeah. it's that movement as well, isn't it? We tell kids to sit still all the time. Mm. Like, tell a teenager to sit still and you're likely to have the class in uproar. <laughs> yeah. I like the fact that, that people don't like to be told what to do because adults don't like to be told what to do. No. <laughs> we, we don't, we do like we? We like to be individual and we like to have our own mind and our own choices. It's yeah. how we're designed. Yeah. And yet when we're, we're, we're in ch- given charge of teenagers or children that are growing into young adults, we so want to squash that, that, that bit which actually is learning to be an individual and a responsible individual. And Yes. Yes. Yeah. We... we we do a lot of work yeah. to um, keep that contained when actually that individual is what we're all about and to let that shine and to, to come out yeah. is, is really where we want to be in the future because how is anyone going to come up with uh, solutions to some of the way that the world is at the moment if they're stuck in that box or that model? So the more that we can express that inner self or that inner knowing, the greater that that shine is going to be and the greater the inventions and the creations that will come out of that. And that's where I would like to see Clear Minded for Life and 
in terms of it moving into high schools and just giving not necessarily breathing techniques but just giving children an opportunity to express this is who I am and let all of that come through. Yeah, yum. Yum. Now you have got an initiative on the 22nd, haven't you? Tell us a little bit about that. We've got an initiative that's running uh, worldwide and it's starting in New Zealand and going all the way to America. So what it is is we're offering... 15 minutes of the breathing techniques that Clear Minded for Life have developed to any school or local group that would be interested in having an experience of that. So if you are a local school in the Hornsby area or Barara, where I'm from, we'd be really happy to come into your classroom and just sit with a group of students for 15 minutes and show them some of these invaluable techniques. And that would be part of this worldwide initiative that we're running on the 22nd of August. Oh, yum. Sounds great. Well, thank you very much for being part thank of us. Thank you very much, Ashley, for your Thanks contributions. For it's been great hearing about it. Let's pay attention to the small stuff. Let's maintain that connection with our bodies and stay engaged in life. The good, the bad and the downright ugly so we can equip ourselves to deal with the challenges we may face. What is our reality and is our body matching that reality? Do we have anxiety or nervous tension running through our system to a point where we need caffeine, sugar or other stimulants just to get out of bed and function? Do we need something to calm us down and then settle our minds? Have we forgotten how to breathe? If you think about it, the body's going to go into panic mode when we stop breathing because it's, a, it's going to think that its life is in danger. So the last thing it's going to be wanting to do is, is go into your memory and think about all the things you've got to remember for an exam. It's just not going to happen. I have a feeling that if we're brave enough to go there, it will change the trajectory for mental health and particularly for the lung, younger generation who need to be inspired to remember that they are the change that they want to see in the world, that they can be that change. Remember, regardless of what has or is happening in your life, you are and will always be, will be amazing. You're you. The key is to reconnect to that space and learn to build a relationship with your body so you can recognize when your body's trying to tell you something is not quite right and then seek support with the appropriate service, be that mental or physical health. And look for support in the community, it is there. Now the podcast for today's show will be available through the Stay in the Loop with Lucy website and on SoundCloud. And if you want to get updates, then remember to like the at Stay in the Loop with Lucy Facebook page. Links to all of those spaces are available on the Triple H program page. In next week's show, we meet a woman who was forced to confront the potential of her young children growing up without her and then what it's been like to be given a second chance. Till next week's show, remember to take a moment to look after you, connect with the amazing people in our community, be kind, be caring, be loved, be all of you. You've been listening to Stay in the Loop with Lucy on Triple H 100.1 FM.